Good morning. It's August 7th. It is a gray and gloomy morning in New York City after heavy, heavy rain overnight. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The Monday morning internet is full of a wild and kinetic Saturday brawl from the docks of Montgomery, Alabama. Apparently, a group of white people docked a pontoon boat in a space reserved for a riverboat to dock, then attacked a lone black security guard who asked them to move it. Bystanders came to the security guard's aid, including one who swam to get there. Eventually, someone was swinging a folding chair. People were fighting on and around the pontoon boat itself. Four warrants have been arrested so far, according to AL.com, and the mayor of Montgomery called it an unfortunate incident which never should have occurred. In the paper New York Times today, pulled crisp and dry out of its waterlogged blue plastic bag, the lead story is a long, long, long Inquiry into the Mood of the Russian Public, based on a month of reporting by Roger Cohen, accompanied by extensive photographs by Nana Heitman, and taking up six full pages inside the paper after the two lead news columns and the four-column photograph at the top of the front page. I'm going to assume it's worthy, but it's Monday morning. There's a reason they usually put those stories in the Sunday New York Times magazine and deliver them on Saturday. In more digestible-sized news, there is the narrow and heartbreaking defeat of the U.S. women's national team in the World Cup on a Swedish penalty kick that barely cleared the goal line. New Jersey politicians, joined by the Staten Island Borough president, who should just move to New Jersey, continue to whine about and obstruct New York's implementation of congestion pricing in Manhattan, a system that will make driving easier for New Jersey commuters once it's implemented, but which for now represents a symbolic encroachment on their belief that they have a natural right to do whatever they want with their cars, a belief you can see demonstrated every day as they gun it down 66th Street through a residential neighborhood full of pedestrians, acting out their rage and impatience at the traffic congestion that they themselves generate by being there. The whole thing is a vile stew of greed, cynicism, and hypocrisy, centered on New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, a Democrat, claiming that the 4,000-page environmental review that accompanied the congestion pricing plan was insufficient. And the true environmental concern requires that vehicles be kept idling in the city, spewing pollutants indefinitely. The Kennedy family, Peter Baker reports, is in deep anguish over the crank presidential spoiler campaign of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., yet also find themselves profoundly pained by the airing of domestic discord. Okay, Kennedys. And inside the paper, notorious political vibes feeler Jonathan Weissman reports that Republican voters seem unengaged by the crusade against wokeness and the various esoteric, online-influenced bigotries that flow from it, and are yearning for a pivot to the clean, old-fashioned bigotries of messages about law and order in the nation's cities and at its borders. Relatedly, page one has a story about how the Texas State Police, sent to reinforce the police department in Austin, have shrugged off coordination with the city's Democratic leadership, operating independently on the orders of Republican Governor Greg Abbott, and are busily undermining police reform with an enforcement strategy built around pretextual stops of minority motorists. And in further law enforcement news, stranded in a single column on the front of the business section, Kashmir Hill reports on an eight-months-pregnant Detroit woman who was hauled away from her family and arrested for carjacking because facial recognition software falsely matched her to surveillance video of a suspect. It's the third known time that the Detroit police have arrested the wrong person, based on a false facial recognition match. 
all of the wrongfully targeted people have been black, reflecting the facial recognition industry's indifference to accuracy for non-white subjects. Although she said she suffered contractions and back pain while she was locked up, the victim of the false identification told Hill that ultimately she thinks her pregnancy was to her benefit because the police eventually seemed to notice that despite the computer's confidence in the match, the person in the surveillance video was not eight months pregnant. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again tomorrow.